Three Channel 1045. So happy Monday. Brent Doherty, Don Davenport. Hey, Don. Hi. Happy Monday. It's Brett Patchler in for Joe Hunk. Good to have you behind the glass, BB. Glad to be here. Can you win at PlayStation 5 Madden? Maybe maybe you and Hunk should play each other. We need to, we, need to play, I, we only live like 30 minutes from each other, too. So this is amazing. They what both live in Huntsville. This is amazing. Dang. Y'all live far. How did it go the other day when we had the incident on 65? On the way back? Yeah. Uh, I took Hillsborough Pike yeah. all the way down to about the Franklin-Brentwood area, and then it brought me out back on the interstate, and I was already past it, but it was busy on Old Hillsborough. Hickory. Or yes, I'm sorry, yeah. It was busy right there, yeah. Took me an hour to get home, so. (laughs) It added a good 45 minutes for me, for sure. Yeah. Well, I don't even remember. As I said when I got in, because I was late that day, I was like. It was like five months ago. Yeah. I mean, I was like, at that point, like, you didn't know, you didn't know what had happened. And and, um, the first thing I said was, like, prayers up for whatever's going on there. And then ultimately, that's definitely true. Oh, Um, Oh, okay, now I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 615-737-1045 is the number. Super Bowl matchup set Cincinnati and Rams. Rams a four-point favorite in this deal. Burrow gets to the Super Bowl in year two. Think about this from a Cincinnati perspective. If Derek Carr throws a touchdown pass at the end of that Raiders-Bengals game, the Bengals are at home. They've been on vacation sitting on beaches for a couple weeks. Instead, Derek Carr does what he does on fourth and goal. He throws it into double coverage at the three-yard line because that's what... He does. <laughs> I mean, hey man, could be worse. It could be Garoppolo. I don't know. Garoppolo had a really big opportunity yesterday to make a whole bunch of money. And maybe he still does. I don't know. But you could tell that Rams defense. Um, Aaron Donald, when what? he gathered those guys up on the sideline. That, that, was, the, that I, was the moment. I said it right. Well, you know what? I know San Francisco, man, y'all, hey, Debo, I love Debo Samuel. And the elf he put out, without question, George Kittle, look, Greg Kittle. George Kittle. George Kittle, yeah. George Kittle, I love him. Like, dude, hey, they got some weapons. You feel what I'm saying? He lives here. But when a man like that starts gathering up the defense and telling them, come here, and whatever he was saying, hey, man, that did it. They were not going to lose. All they needed LA, the Rams to do was go score a field goal. I guarantee y'all they won't. They will not. They will not go score. And, I, hey, man, Aaron Donald meant that. And he showed it coming off that ball. They could have triple teamed him. I guarantee they couldn't have stopped him from getting out. Like, it, it's, it's different when people that, – like, that's why it's so much potential and upside for Big Jeff, man. Like that same D-A-W-G. San Francisco you and the him? Titans are very similar. Pro bowler, Big Jeff, by the way. Yeah. Although Tannehill's better than Garoppolo, but they're very similar teams. Like Debo with A.J. Like you could play A.J. Brown at running back. I have full confidence. Yeah. Absolutely. That you could do and that. And that goes to my point like they're the of same guy. get a little creative, add a little depth. Like there you go. Yeah. I think AJ can push the ball down the field a little bit better, but like they're very similar teams, and and those two players are very similar. But yeah, um, that last drive, you're right because if you if you have the ability to go back and watch it, maybe you see highlight package, go to YouTube, whatever. That last series, Vaughn Miller on every single Man, play was back there in there. Even the play that Aaron Donald got got he the was credit there. and the push, and he should. But Aaron Donald pushed Garoppolo to the left side of the line, and guess why he turned around? Because Vaughn Miller was standing right there. Yeah. 
So he turned around, was like, oh, crap, and then threw <laughs> Yo, like a backhanded underhand. Man, deal. the dude is so hey, – man, kudos to Von Miller, too, for getting healthy. Like, I can't wait to see what Bud is doing. Now, I know Bud wasn't the type to come around that corner on a bike. You know what I mean? He has some different type moves. But Von Miller had them so – and when I say coming around, I'm talking about turning talking the edge the on bend. the top. Yeah. So bending bend. like, boy, yeah. he had that tackle so scared. He stunned it twice going outside and just went inside almost untouched because he was that nervous. Like, well, you got to have them weapons, man. You got to have them weapons. And so, you got to let them use. As Don said uh, in the last segment, she's watching the AFC Championship game. She started to see in the Bengals' offense great design of play. Just in general, great design of play, right. great call of play, great execution of play. That's lacking with the Titans' offense. Yes, and I, I, I would say consistency is lacking in the Titans' offense. Yeah. But yeah. that's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So the range of play is what I've been been harping on with regard to to Tannehill in general. But the Titans' offense, like he can have a four touchdown, no interception game. He can have a three interception, no touchdown game. It's 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 too wide the range of play. Yeah. Right. So it so is. I think you've got a quarterback that's locked up mentally. Can can you unlock that in the in the off season? I don't know. Um, Why got, is he locked up mentally though? I think I don't know. I, I that think that first more, game might have spooked him. Yes, and I think that led him down a path. But I, it's certainly more of a psychological question. And I took psychology in, in college, and I loved mm-hmm. it. But it was one class, so I don't know. I don't know that's, the answer. That's that enough in some cases, though. But you could surmise a guess, right? <laughs> like you could say. That start five sacks from one dude, right? The inconsistency of who he had up front. You had an offensive lineman who just quit. Like, I'm tired of being thrown into the mix last second because Taylor can't go. Like, I mean, that's some dysfunction, right? Then you've got problem like A.J. Brown missed games, Julio's hamstring. You've got different guys at wideout that that are out there playing that aren't necessary they're great dudes I'm sure and they can give you snaps here and there whatever but they're not like routine not consistent guys. offensive NFL players mm-hmm. right tight end you you lost that downfield vertical threat this year play design is definitely an issue and and look you know we saw it all season we talked about it all season and you can go back to the first play of the game against against the Bengals as you mentioned mm-hmm. because Blaine hit it perfectly after the game and I was like I text him like, damn, man, that was right on it. Not that you need to hear that from me, but he was right on it. When he said that safety had nothing else to do on that play, so he watched the quarterback's eyes, and the quarterback's eyes led him right to Julio Jones. Mm -hmm. There was no route on the backside of that play to to get his attention. That's play design. Or for Tannehill to even look at. Right. That's play design. So you had a tight end and a running back, and as Don said, we've all been all through this, but you had a tight end and running back who had blocking responsibilities, didn't have to do it, so they both funnel out into the same spot. I tell you. So there's no dump off. It's all who we are not. And so I think they've run into a system for a situation for whatever reason. Maybe it's quarterback with a locked up brain. Uh, Maybe it's unimaginative off C, uh, OC, I don't know. I don't know. But it seemed like this year you had way more um, pre-designed plays for Tannehill to go to one specific spot, and that's it. And I think that's how you get in trouble. I think that as a quarterback, season. where you know where you're going with the football because that's the way that play is designed and that's what you're doing, yep. you're going to follow that receiver. Yep. You're not going to look him off. So I... I think it's a combination of everything that you guys have said. 
Also, how how involved is the head coach in that headset? Yeah. I, I mean, like, I mean, Vrabel's type A of type A. Right. Oh, sure. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, well, and obviously, I think last year, head coach was involved a little bit too much on the defensive side of the ball, mm-hmm. possibly, and that, that, that made it heard. difficult. Um, but, but this year, offensively, I still think, no matter how involved he is, you know, what? Uh, no matter how chirpy he is yeah. during the game as far as decisions and all of that, I get that that can affect play calling, but I think where I feel like this offense was missing um, was even deeper than play calling, right? It's it's in design of what you're actually doing right. that's done during the week, right? So here's the thing. They're going to run it back. Yeah. Like, they're going to run it back with the mm-hmm. offensive coaches. Mm-hmm. In terms of head coach, OC, you think a hundred percent quarterback? Mm-hmm. I, I, Downing stays. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I think it's okay, but can you add to it like you did with Schwartz? You, you him a liaison. You could. I think that'd be a good idea. The question is, can you work through all of these things that that we just talked about in an offseason and make it all better and win with it? And I think I agree with Don. I think you can. Would I? No. <laughs> what <laughs> would you great. do? Uh, I'm, I'm getting a new OC. I am. And that's fair. If you got a new OC, I would say, great job. That's fair. I'm with you. I believe in you. Hey, man. I I agree with you. Hey, man, these windows are small and this is a business. And I got something to address, too, for everybody that's saying, man, y'all jumping on Tannehill, y'all. I'm going to tell you something about professional sports when we get back to it. So let let me clarify. When when I say I agree with Don, can they win by going through all these things with those pieces? Yes. What? If you made a move at OC, I'd be right there with you. I think that you can be on both sides like that. Yeah. I mean, I I think that's because I totally agree with you. It it really was just watching that Bengals offense and what they did. It was like It can be done. Missing, yes. Name something that's different. Like, is Tannehill... Mahomes or Burrow or Josh Allen or Justin Herbert. No, he's none of those guys. But how many guys are those guys? Those guys. That's it. Is he Tua? He's better than Tua. Like, you you could go down. Daniel's probably right about in a shade ahead of the middle. This this was the conversation Mr. Babs brought up. He said, what quarterback would you not take over Tannehill? Uh, that's quite a bit for me. Uh, that's what I said, and he's like, not for Even me. with this bad year. They're, yeah. Even with this bad year. But see, that's where people differ. All right. Um, interesting topic, uh, I think. Uh, good job, Babs. Um, when uh, we come back, we're going to go down to Mobile, Alabama, and uh, visit with Mike Keith. He's at the Senior Bowl. He's doing the radio play-by-play for uh, that uh, event, and uh, there's a lot of interesting things going on down there. Quarterbacks, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, Bailey Zapp from Western Kentucky, mm. Sam Howell, Carson Strong. You got some talent there. You got some talent at the linebacker group, defensive line pass rush, cornerback. The best cornerback, everybody's saying, is the kid from Auburn. Um, so, uh, Roger McCrary, we'll talk about that. How much of an advantage is it for coaching staffs, Jets, Lions? Maybe not any because it's Jets and Lions. But uh, anyway, we'll visit with Mike Keith about all that next. 3HL. (laughs) 3HL, 104.5 The Zone. Time to visit with Mike Keith, who is covering the Senior Bowl. Got some radio responsibilities down in Mobile this week. And uh, 
Mike, I've heard that's a great event, a great week. Have not been able to do that as of yet, but I love living through uh, you guys who are able to be there. Uh, it's really gotten better. And I think that's one thing that's very exciting about it is they changed the emphasis of it a little bit more to turn it into what they really believe is the, the path to the draft begins here. They've said that for a long time, but in the last few years, they've really turned it that way. Uh, there is less of a local focus and more of a national focus. They use social media a great deal to go out and influence players to be here. Uh, teams are telling agents, you know, th- th- that this is the place to be because this is this and the East-West game are the only places that you get to see guys do football things. And uh, especially, I mean, listen, if you're going to run 4-1 and have a 54-inch vertical and bench press 225 50 times, that's all great but that still doesn't mean you can play football. And this is where you can show here that maybe you can do all those things and you can play football, or maybe you can't do some of those things and you can play football. It is, um, it, it's a very competitive week, and I think the overall level of talent that is here has gone up dramatically over the last five, seven, eight years. Yeah, it seems like, Mike, that guys off those senior bowl rosters are making it in the NFL maybe at a higher rate. Nearly 90% last year of senior bowl participants made NFL rosters. Oh, wow. So you've got to have some sort of a – you've got to have a draftable grade now here to be selected. Mm. And there is a sense – You know, they've had 20 players drafted in the first round of the last three drafts. They had six last year. And obviously, unless you are a junior who has your degree, you can't be here. So a lot of the juniors go in the first half of the first round. And then then you see on the back end of the first half, you see more of the senior bowl players go. You obviously see a ton of second and third round picks. And I think the numbers could be even higher this year. There's a projection in some places that there are over 20 players here who have received at least some sort of first-round evaluation from somebody. Wow. That doesn't mean it's – well, they all won't go. That's obvious. But the, the level of talent, you know, five of the six quarterbacks that are here have been projected as a first-rounder by somebody who knows what they're doing. So it's a, it's a pretty interesting – mix of players and certainly an interesting mix on the quarterback position. Mike Keith with us live from the Senior Bowl. Yeah, talking about quarterbacks. I mean, when you run down the list, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh, Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati, Bailey Zapp from Western Kentucky, who, by the way, threw 62 touchdown passes this year, Sam Howell from North Carolina, Carson Strong from Nevada, uh, really Matt Corral, the only guy I don't see. All six, all six of those dudes are solidly draftable guys early. Well, Corral's only not here because he hadn't graduated yet. I, I think had right. he had a chance to finish up, they could be seven for seven. But Pickett, Ritter, Strong, Hal, and Willis have all gotten a first-round mention from somebody. Zappi has not. He, he figures to be late day two, early day three, but because of his productivity and how good he was at Houston Baptist and then how good he was at Western Kentucky, 
And he was on some rough teams at Houston Baptist. He helped them turn it around. He played well for the Hilltoppers last year. You know, he could rise up the charts, too. So, you know, the the thing about this draft is it's very conceivable that a quarterback is not going in the first five. Right. It's very it's very conceivable that a quarterback may not go in the first eight to ten. But after you get out of that range, do you like Pickett better than you like Howell? Does somebody like Willis or somebody like Ritter because of the athleticism? Strong is the guy who's kind of that Josh Allen out there that has played at Nevada that you don't know as much about, who gets a chance to to show some things here. Not saying that he has Josh Allen's total skill set, just saying when Josh Allen came here from Wyoming, he was a bit of an unknown, and he left here as a complete known. So, you know, the the competition in practice and and what you're going to see, I think, this week out of the quarterbacks is going to be huge in terms of how it affects the first round overall. How many of these guys eventually make it into the top 32? Mike Keith was with us. Mike, you mentioned, you know, some guys go there as somewhat of an unknown and leave not an unknown. It is the Senior Bowl, especially now, has turned into a chance to kind of make a name for yourself and show what you can do. Looking at some of the Tennessee Vols guys, Alante Taylor is a guy who decided not to play in the bowl game so that he could get ready for his NFL draft and is there at the Senior Bowl. So what's kind of the talk on Alante? Alante uh, Taylor did that, I think, because he knows this is going to be a place that's going to take him potentially from one day to the next. Uh, potentially takes him from day three to day two if he shows the right way. The thing about Alante is he played pretty well at corner this year for Tennessee. He he had his best year at corner, and he credits a lot of that success to Willie Martinez, the secondary coach, and what he did with him. But he also knows that because of his physicality, his ability to play in space, and the fact that he could line up in the slot and cover a tight end. He's not a small guy. I mean, when he walks up to you and he meets you, you say, oh, wow, this is not a small guy. He's going to get a look at safety this week. Mm. And I asked him, I said, are you totally willing to embrace that? And and anybody who remembers Alante from Coffee County remembers, he was a big-time offensive star in high school. Yep. And then he goes to Tennessee. He's going to play wide receiver, and then all of a sudden he's on defense. Mm-hmm. And, for, and he you was know, not happy it, about it initially. He was, he was not, not elated. Yeah. <laughs> Most people are not elated when that happens. Yeah. Uh, so, so he was inside the norm of what you feel. So I said, is it a little bit like the acceptance of moving from offense to defense like you did at Tennessee? And he kind of winked at me. He said, yeah, a little bit. I mean, he's trying to say the right thing, certainly. But he knows, hey, this is about playing in the National Football League. And so Alante Taylor, if he were to show safety skills this week to add to his package of versatility, he could really up his stock dramatically. Uh, Did a nice job for Tennessee. Easily played his best football, clearly. But now going to a different level, they're going to look at him a little different way down here. And he won't be the only one. Would you get a different look at a guy like Valus Jones? uh, Could he increase his stock or – Probably just hang on and maintain. Valence Jones has a chance to really get in the mix 
because what he did when he moved to the slot, you know, he had 10 mm-hmm. catches through four games. And then they move him to the slot, and he absolutely blows up. Yeah. Was that Josh Heupel's system? Was that the opponent's? Was that Hendon Hooker taking care of him? Or was that for real, and we're ready to see it go further? If they determine it's for real, and they're, and they're ready to go further, Bayless Jones can, can really step himself up, Ron, because he's going to be as good a returner as there is here. So people are automatically going to look at Bayless Jones and are going to go deep on him at receiver because they're going to say, Man, if he's the real deal as a receiver, oh my goodness, that would be huge for us because we love him as a punt and kick returner. And in today's game, what you're really talking about is you're talking about a punt returner. Mm-hmm. You're not really talking about a kickoff returner very much. Bayless Jones is fantastic with his hands on the football. You know, same thing for Alante Taylor, too, to just back up for a second. Super special teams play. Mm-hmm. And so that when you've got that attached to you, they're going to be even more interested in what you can do. Mike, what about Cade Mays at offensive line, a guy that uh, had thought about trying to see what kind of NIL deal he could get uh, or go pro and, and, and another guy down there from Tennessee? Cade's deal, I think, is his versatility. Uh, I think Cade is going to have probably a really good opportunity to play guard in the NFL, and that's what his dad was and was awfully good at it. Uh, but to use his body on the inside and be able to take advantage of his length and his power, it's, it's very similar to what happened with Trey Smith at Tennessee back in college. You know, when Trey Smith came out of Jackson, everybody said, Trey Smith is a tackle because he looks like a tackle, right? Mm-hmm. Well, but his better position was guard. And, and Cade may be a better player on the inside. But what you know is he's done a lot of that. And so he's going to have a chance to, to show that this week, that versatility. You know, he's got to stay healthy through the whole week and, and really have a good week of practice. And, and hopefully that ankle has healed up and he's ready to go because from an athletic standpoint, he's a very, very talented young man, obviously very bright as well, which is something that's important in the offensive line. Another in-state guy uh, over at Chattanooga, Cole Strange. What, what are you hearing about him? <laughs> He's my favorite player here. Really? He <laughs> Cole Strange, and, and, and I'm going to tell you, this is a great story. He's, he's out of Farragut. He's 235, 240 pounds. He's going to go to a service academy. He decides that's not for him. He goes to Chattanooga. He ends up spending six years there. He gains 75 pounds. He is a dominant interior offensive lineman. He is a guy that, you know, they are so fascinated to see him against this talent because he was a dominant player in the tape that Jim Nagy saw when he evaluated him for the Senior Bowl in the game against Kentucky. The Kentucky defensive, defensive linemen were blown away with Cole Strange. So here's this guy who takes six years, almost 24 years old, gave Chattanooga everything he had, and now there's a real opportunity that he's going to be picked in the second round and that he's going to be one of the top guards taken in this draft. Plus, he likes to work Rubik's Cubes. He collects <laughs> records. He, I mean, there are all sorts of fun things about this guy. Um, and he's mean on a rattlesnake. So all of that put together, 
make him a, a very interesting prospect. He's interesting uh, on on one side of it, and the most interesting guy on the other side of the ball to me is Troy Anderson from Montana State. I don't know if you know this guy's story. He was he was a quarterback and was an all star there. He was a running back. He was an all star there, and then they move him to linebacker, and he's two time Big Sky Player of the Year. Who does that? <laughs> so. Everybody's question about him is, is he going to end up being the best linebacker here, or is somebody going to take him, and as Jim Nagy has said more than once, try to make Taysom Hill out of him? That, that's interesting. Um, man, you've given us uh, a lot of reasons to watch this weekend. Yeah. I, I was reading about the Senior Bowl. One, one thing that, that stuck out to me in the article I was reading was uh, um, at, at the Senior Bowl, at the Senior Bowl they try to isolate players' skills away from the comfort level of their college schemes. Mm-hmm. I think that's an interesting idea, and I hadn't thought about that, but uh, it certainly makes sense. Well, absolutely. Like, okay, who's the best guard here? The best guard here is Zion Johnson from Boston College. Mm. So you know what he's going to do all week? He's going to snap all week. He's going to play center all week uh, because they, they want to see him. They know there are some teams that would love to see him. This is not a center-heavy draft. There are few, but there aren't a lot. And so if you've got a guy with that sort of skill set, I mean, Zion Johnson may be a first-round pick if he shows he could do both. He may be a first-round pick anyway. They try to do some of the same sorts of things with defensive backs because they – what like Roger McCrary's here from Auburn, probably the best corner here. Roger McCrary was an unbelievable shutdown corner for Auburn, so they'll probably ask him to do some different things this week. Hey, don't use this technique or play in this scheme because teams want to see that overall versatility of what they can do in that skill set. We say it all the time. And listen, if you if you took a drink every time we said it in the preseason, it would be bad. But it's like, remember, nobody schemes in the preseason because they want to see the individual players play, right? They want to they want to see a guy cover man to man in a situation where you would you would definitely do something different to help him on third and eight. Well, it's the same thing down here. They, they want to see players play. They don't want to see them do things in terms of a scheme. They want to see what they do technique-wise and how they react. So, yeah, they like to make them uncomfortable. And they, they do that with the quarterbacks, too. Well, uh, we look forward to it this weekend, man. Uh, great great, great uh, insight there on uh, what's going on down in Mobile. Have fun this week, brother. Thanks, Mike. Thanks. Glad to do it. There were so many things that uh, we could have gotten into with him. Um, yeah, easily. It's, it's such an interesting process. Uh, but he mentioned linebacker. It's a strong linebacker group. Um, Quay Walker from Georgia down there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it's a strong defensive line pass rush group in this year's draft in general. But Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. Um, Boye Mafi uh, uh, from Minnesota. I know I butchered his name, but um, he's like the most athletic guy, they say. Um, McCrary, he mentioned, at cornerback. Um, so uh, it'll be fun this week to to watch that. M- way more fun than the Pro Bowl, although I will watch the Pro Bowl too. I'll go ahead and tell you. <laughs> I'll be that guy. All right, uh, more of your phone calls. We come back. 3HL, 104.5 The Zone.
Larry on Twitter, Jock Rod and Burrow has to stop. I told you, Burrow haters are out there. People are sick, man. What is Jock riding? Jock riding Burrow. <laughs> so saying somebody's good, like how they play football, is Jock riding? Come on, Brilliant. man. Get, get, get out of here. <laughs> he said it's the, it's the kicker. You know, you know what? You Go are watch right. politics or something. You're right. You're right. It is the kicker. Oh, the kid. Hey, the kicker is fearless. He's I'll tell you that. Too. He's cold blooded. But come on, we know it's Joey cool. Joe Cool though. I mean, like, come on, y'all. It's only right. What about the black turtleneck chain thing? That right. Was like so big in the late '80s. <laughs> Just ran it back. Run it back, man. Yeah, ain't nothing wrong with it. Ain't a thing wrong with it. <laughs> at all. I think The Rock posted a picture of him in the same type of deal with, with Joe Burrow in that same type of deal next to, like they were yeah. next to each other. <laughs> what did he say? He called it White Boy Rick doesn't deserve all the props. White Boy this Rick. This hate. This hate. This hate, man. Yeah, hey, man, let the man be great, man. Golly, you ain't need, we barely got a we barely got a sample size of what he can do, man. Like so, enjoy. People are not gonna like him, man. I, that's and see, that, that's of, what I'm telling you, man. Because of his confidence, like s- some people, I agree with you, man. Want to knock the confident <laughs> guy down? Yeah. They do. Yeah, like you got to feel this, good about themselves. I don't know this level. He got to keep this level all the way through, man, in order for them not to just beat him down. It's got to be something, man. Like you. you in sports, man, you either love it or you hate so does, it. It ain't no me. It ain't no midi, is it, middle ground. Is it that simple psychology, like of of the person that will knock you down because they don't feel good about themselves? Like, is it that simple? Or, or I don't think I'm not so. talking about Larry. I'm just talking about yeah. In or I think it's is 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 when a person's not like for Mar- Mariota, for instance, existence. There you go. Example or instance. <laughs> what did I say earlier? Counterform. Yeah, counter oh, no. Earlier I said interform. So, yeah. <laughs> but, like, Mariota's career wasn't as good. So, people, I think you add on something to it, put a little bit of baking soda on it to make it bubble <laughs> in order to get him to this different level. Where he's just an average guy, honestly. Joe Burrow right, in am this I wrong? picture. Am I wrong so, about that, Mariota? Being average? Yeah. I mean, maybe he's below, 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 below average. average. Yeah, but so what boosts him up to average is everybody, oh, he's a great guy, man. You can't say that about. Oh, he's but so now likeable. you got a guy that's really playing good, and this man is in his first full year going to the Super Bowl, and that's a problem for what, some people. What did I say? There's never been a quarterback to win a national title, the Heisman, and the, and Super, the Bowl. Super Bowl, and Joe Burrow could do it in three freaking years. I mean, Give the man the props, man. Give the man his props. You gotta I mean, have some luck in that too, right? That's Even what if you don't is. like him, give yeah. him his props. You gotta have luck. That's part of it. But at the end of it, you ain't gonna sit back and tell the story and say, "Man, this was luck." It's the leadership <laughs> part of it too that you see out of him during the game. And it goes to their players. What was it? It was a. Uh, it was a play late in the game, and and was it Romo that was uh, pointing it out too, like? God, I don't even remember what play. It'll come to me. But it was Joe Burrow that went to his guy and said, hey, man. Oh, yeah, that's where the screen pass went the wrong way. Um, he, to P- um, 
um, Samaj P. Ryan. P. Ryan. P. Ryan. P. Ryan. Supposed to go to the right. He went to the left. To the outside to the left. He should have cut it inside to the right with the blocking. That's where the blocking was. And you saw immediately Joe Burrow be like, hey, dude. Yeah. Walk over there and talk to him and show him. You saw his hand movements and explain like That would have been a touchdown if he had gone right. Exactly. But you talk about that leadership, too. Knowing how to deliver that, it. Knowing how to deliver it to especially a young guy that yep. you need on your side yep. to step in to, to make sure your offense is successful. Exactly. And the way it was delivered when you watched him mm-hmm. on camera and they replayed that and you saw how he delivered that too. Yep. Like that stood out to me. Yeah. A, I, I love him. I, I love him. I love I love Mahomes. I love Josh Allen. I love Herbert. Herbert's going to be in that group too, I think. But I, I love the confidence with which these people have. They just carry it with themselves, and that's why they're successful in life, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they, they just have this fearless thing where I'm going to throw myself into this situation, and I'm going to figure it out. Yep. Like, you, as a parent, you hope your kids, be, you know, find that kind of avenue, right? Like, where you, you're confident enough to not be fearless because, as I always say, fear is a liar. Here is uh, Dwayne Johnson's post. It's a picture of him in a black turtleneck with a Jane and a picture of Joey B., in the black turtleneck in the chain, he wrote, just two badass dudes with a strong drip game and big football dreams. One is going to the Super Bowl and preparing to cement his gridiron legacy. The other is only famous for rocking a fanny pack and a an effed up haircut. Oh, my God. <laughs> so uh, Sunset Chaser 614 sent us that picture, and uh, we'll put that uh, out again. But uh, anyway, I like him, but I like the Matthew Stafford story. I like Aaron Donald. I like Von Miller. Um so I'll probably lean that way in this game. I don't know. A lot of people are like, man, it's dangerous if a put together team like that where they where they risk like the next next five years for to make this one run, it's dangerous if that team wins because more teams will try to do that. Right. But I'm like, who cares? You find your way. Right. Whatever you think your path to success is, do it. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Yep. Man, you you and should the Titans do that? Risk draft picks for five years to go after, I mean, Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers? Hey, man. All I'm saying is, too, let me tell you, let me tell these people this real quick. The listeners, fans, fanatics, haters, whatever it may be. When you say a guy like Tannehill is getting a lot of grief and people piling on to him, in professional sports, I can promise you this. I had a coach tell me this when I was young, and it, it's spot on. Regardless of how you start, the season and your potential for years to come and the next year is always, they bank it on your last game. The last time they saw you. I don't care what you did. You can have, I could have went through the season averaging 35 points a game and get to that last game or those last two games and have six and then four. What they remember is the last two games, how you went out. So what Tannehill did, the reason he's getting it, because he's a professional player, and the last game we saw, he turned the ball over three times. Yes, we shifted to the OC. Yes, some problems from that. But we will never forget Ryan Tannehill throwing three turnovers. You you can't. It is what it is. And some people will come back, well, he was good the last two so, years, but the NFL so, isn't that way. It's, no. what have you done for me lately? Yeah, that's sports, man. What, yeah. That's what it is, man. So guess what? Plus he's going to get it all offseason. Plus he's made $94 million. Yeah, come on, man. I don't want to hear that, man. <laughs> give him a break. No. I'm not giving nobody. Finish strong. That's what it's about. Larry and Hermitage, real quick. Larry, what's up, man? 
Hey, fellas, how are you? Hey, we're good. So is Don. What's up? All right, I've heard uh, for the last week many reasons why the Titans lost the game. Tannehill's getting the most blame, but I'm going to bring up somebody that's not even been mentioned, and that's Mike Vrabel. In the second quarter when he scored a touchdown, he didn't need to go for two. He could have gone for one, and we'd have been ahead seven to six. Now flash forward to the end of the game. Two minutes left. We have the ball on our own 20, 25-yard line. We're trying to get a uh, in position for a field goal or, or a touchdown even. We didn't. We wouldn't have needed to because we had a seven. We would have had a 17 to 16 lead because Grable gave up that one point. And all we could have done is run the clock out. I think uh, since he only had one timeout left, so we could have run the ball and run the clock out. So that's my okay. opinion as to who lost the ball game. Okay. Mike Grable. Okay, thank you, Larry. Now let me make this point: if you kick the extra point, the game is seven to six. Everything that happens from that point on is different. So the game is totally different after that. It could end up, yeah. It could end up completely different. So you're you're inputting one different play and expecting everything else to play out the same exact way. Well, Cincinnati calls different plays if they're down one. Right. You know? Titans call different plays if Jack Rabbit catch the interception and go to score a touchdown when nobody was in front of him. Like you, I mean, that was a pretty big play, too. I, I mean, it's, it's a team sport. It's the ultimate team sport. But lots of people have brought that up they as have. issues. I said it the, I said it first. Yeah. Like, it, but Is it on the head coach? Yes. Is it on the offensive coordinator? Yes. Is it on the quarterback? Yes. Is it on the offensive line? Yes. Is it on uh, – I mean, it's, 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 it's team sport. Yeah, it's on, it's it's on not on the defense. But yeah, I will say this. Tannehill's <laughs> catching it to Slay's point. Tannehill's catching it because he threw three picks. That's he it. doesn't throw three picks, they win that game. Man, heavy as the head. We'll be right back.